Earlier this week, we did report cards for Twins hitters. Now, with the team's 100th game imminent, it's time to do pitchers. This is Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked on Twins. I'm your host, the Farmer Tan, rocking Brandon Warren. And you can find me on Twitter, but I probably wouldn't, at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And as part of the Locked on Podcast Network, we are your team every day. As a reminder, please feel free to be active in the comments, especially on the live shows, but also to on YouTube for the ones that we record. We'd love to hear where you're at as far as um, assessment of the team, that sort of thing, and just to try to make this a very user-driven program. Also, too, if you have any questions for the show, don't hesitate to ask. Hit us up in the comments on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warner at Locked on Twins. However you get a question to us, we'd be more than happy to address it. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked on Twins post-game minutes, which are up after games on YouTube under the shorts column, every single one will have a stat that you will not hear anywhere else. Last night's stat was the Twins had five runs scored in the first inning on 21 pitches. That's the fewest pitches the Twins have scored five runs or more on in an inning since the eighth inning of the Miguel Sano Grand Slam game off Nick Goody in Cleveland. So back in 2019... Late in the season, I think it was mid-September, and you know one of the more legendary games for the Twins that year on their stretch run, basically knocking the Guardians down and out. So we'll have stats like that on every single program. This episode of Locked on Twins, however, is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about making each player a perfect fit. That's the same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit ebaymotors.com let's ride guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply twins white Sox at target field saturday evening on national television 615 but if you cannot get the game on national here for you sunny gray is going to face dylan cease and if you want to catch every pitch of that with Corey and Danny, you can get the hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Now, we're doing the pitcher report cards, and if you missed it, we did hitter report cards earlier in the week, and so go back and check that out. In between that, we had a trade deadline episode. We're working on a few other things as far as guests, so we got a lot of fun things coming around the bend. Now, we did every pitcher who has thrown at least 10 innings this year. And now if I did this correctly, and I think I did, we're going to do these in reverse order of innings pitched. So we'll start things off with Caleb Thielbar, who has thrown only 10 in the third innings, been on the IL now twice. Um, when he's been on the mound, he's been stellar. Uh, 174 ERA, 319 FIP, sub one whip. Strikeout per inning nearly, uh, I mean, 10 strikeouts and 10 in the third. It's about as close as you can be to a strikeout per inning at that level. For Thielbar, though, we did give him an A. Um, 
I will not hold a guy's health or lack thereof against him. And so, you know, to me, Caleb Thielbar being injured is not a, a slight on how he's pitched this year. So we're going to give Caleb Thielbar a solid um, A. He's been he's been absolutely great. And uh, up next, Oliver Ortega, who's thrown 11 innings with a 3.27 ERA. I gave Oliver a B plus. So where he falls short for me is home runs. He's given up um, in 11 innings. It comes out to 1.64 homers per nine. It's two home runs in 11 innings. Um, not as many strikeouts as you'd like, but so far not too bad. Um, not putting the ball on the ground, which works with this defense, uh, 28.6% ground ball rate. We typically figure about 45% for the average. So taking advantage of a good outfield defense or what should be a good outfield defense at times it, it kind of ebbs and flows, but if he can keep his home run per fly ball rate down, which, um, you know, he's right around that 10% rate, which is about average. Uh, if you can keep the ball in the yard and in the air, you've got a really good chance to be successful. I'd like to see more of Ortega, uh, good velo, 95.3 average on his fastballs. I want to see though, you know, where he settles in because the bullpen has a lot of, um, you know, ebbs and flows, uh, a lot of things up in the air right now with Thielbar hurt, DeLeon out now for the season, uh, Brock Stewart working his way back, but not quite there yet. So Ortega is a wild card, but I gave him a B plus. Jordan Balazovic, I gave an A minus. So I, I think he's a, a pleasant surprise. And if you look at how he's been down in the minors, last year was a lost year to say the least. And he's come up, he's worked out of the bullpen. The strikeouts aren't really there. And he's, you know, he's been a little homer prone again, not that many innings to the point where we can really say much because for instance, Brock Stewart had a ton of walks and then that's really calmed down too. So we'll see where it goes from here with Balazovic. But last year at AAA, he had a 7.39 ERA and he allowed in 70.2 innings, 20 home runs. So the fact that he's come this far, also too this year, 4.79 ERA at St. Paul. Um, again, not great. Worked mostly out of the pen. Three of his 14 appearances were starts. So the fact that he's come up and done this, even with you know the FIP is questionable, that sort of thing. Um, Balazovic has been a pleasant surprise. I'd give him any minus, as I said. I mean, you could give him a B plus. That probably would not be unacceptable either. But moving on, we have Cole Sands, who um, right now is the long guy out of the bullpen. Um, sometimes it can be hard to keep track of who is and isn't in the bullpen at any given moment with the way twins the Twins run through this uh, whole thing. I gave, I gave Sands a C+. Um, he did have a stretch where he was pretty dang solid there, but came back and got beat up a little bit. Um, not in Seattle, but the time before that. Uh, Sands... Four or five ERA peripherals, a little sketchy with homers and walks. But again, in, in only 14 innings, kind of limits the damage that he could do. So C-plus for him. We're going to also do a C-plus for Brent Hedrick. We'll see if we see Hedrick anytime soon here. He has been, uh, near as I can recall, starting down at AAA St. Paul. So I'd be curious to see what role they plan to put him in, assuming he gets back to the big leagues at some point this season. And so to this point, he's made, yeah, 12 appearances 
at St. Paul. Nine of them have been starts. Yeah, the numbers are solid. 376 ERA, uh, 60 strikeouts against 15 walks. The homers, uh, you could take or leave seven of them in 52 and two-thirds. But the secondary numbers look nice. I could I could definitely see him being an option if the Twins need to dip down for another lefty. Maybe not as a starter, just because I think they still might try to find room for Dallas Keuchel. But, you know, we'll... We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But again, for Hedrick, a C plus. That brings us to Jorge Alcala, who is hurt, and um, you know seems doubtful. We'll see him again anytime soon. But um, you know, absolutely disastrous start to the season for Alcala. Um, six four six ERA and fifteen in the third innings gave up way 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 too many home runs, and the secondary numbers don't look any better. Um, Poor strand rate, home run fly ball rate out of whack, lots of walks, not that many strikeouts. Uh, and again, too, we don't know how much of that's tied up in the fact that he's coming off an injury and is now injured again. Was he ever at 100%? Um, okay, no, we have an update here in the last week. Uh, he started throwing and expects to come back the rest of the so – at some point this year, it's a forearm issue. So even still, though, I don't think we're going to see him anytime soon – I don't think the Twins are going to rush him back based on the fact that he didn't pitch all that well when he was up here. Jose De Leon was a nice story for the Twins early in the season, and then he completely blew out his arm. Um, absolutely devastating injury as he was warming up for an appearance, so I don't know, three, four weeks ago. Um, the peripherals were solid. The 4.67 ERA was a little tricky, but uh, 386 FIP, 1.21 whip, strikeout per inning, keeping the walks down, that sort of thing. Um, I think De Leon was going to work his way, you know, not not into a Brock Stewart role per se, but I think he was going to work into, you know, maybe the role Emilio Pagan is, is doing right now, which Pagan has actually done quite well at. Um, so it's, it's a real shame that De Leon got hurt. I gave him a B. I, you know, the ERA is still a little hard to ignore as it's approaching five, but again, secondary stuff. And if you give him more than 17 to third innings, a lot of that stuff probably irons out. Um, Tyler Malley, you know, again, I'm not going to hold against a guy getting hurt. Uh, I give him a B minus, but um, five starts, 316 ERA, 422 FIP, strike up rating. The homers were problematic, five and 25 and two thirds. But other than that, you know, he was decent. I'm still holding out hope the Twins will find a way to bring him back a la Chris Paddock, but we'll see what happens there. But yeah, we gave him a B minus. Too many home runs. That was the primary issue for me. And then the last one here in the first segment, we'll get into more of the big time relievers in the second. But Brock Stewart, Beef Stew, I gave an A, and I don't really know how you could go any other direction. Um, 070 ERA, 25 and two thirds innings. 35 strikeouts, um, just one homer allowed. I mean, pretty much everything you would want in a reliever for a guy that you got last year on a two-year minor league deal, basically um, just to see what you had. And so the walks, he last walked multiple hitters on May 11th. So from May 15th on, Brock Stewart has a 26-3 to strikeout-to-walk ratio and 18 Innings pitched, a 1.00 ERA, and a 582 OPS against. So, yeah, there's a lot to like here with Brock Stewart. Hopeful that he's 
making his way back here soon because the, the end of this bullpen needs it and needs it badly. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, yeah, the latest update was on the 16th of July. Hopefully be back in several weeks. So I would not be shocked if that means probably mid-August. And so as long as the Twins can keep treading water, we'll see what the trade deadline looks like as far as adding relief help. I'm sure they'll be in that boat as well. We need to talk about Sleeper. Our friends over at Sleeper, sleeper.com slash promo slash locked on. You can get up to a $100 match on your first deposit on mobile only. But if you want a chance to win more money with less picks, head to Sleeper where you can get win, you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. So you can you know take a number of different players to do different things, overs and unders up to eight. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a, a parlay, but you can choose up to eight players, pick more or less on your favorite stats, home runs, strikeouts, hits, et cetera, et cetera. Get your picks right, and you could win big. You can do this in under 30 seconds. I cannot emphasize enough how easy this is. Um, it's got a chat functionality, too, where you can see and copy your group's picks with the touch of a button. It's um, it's a whole heap of fun, safe and fast withdrawals, too. That's always something people want to know is when can I get my money, and it's right away. So you can use the promo code locked on and you'll get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 States. So head on over and see if sleeper is available to you. Check out sleeper today. Now we're coming into the bullpen segment, but we're also coming into the basically the bulk of the bullpen as a whole to look at report card wise. And that leads us to Jorge Lopez. Jorge Lopez is a complicated, difficult case. He, um, among twins pitchers with the least 10 innings pitch has the worst fan graphs war at negative 0.7. The, the April he put together was incredible. No earned runs just look great. And then since then, absolutely disastrous. And when you look at a guy with a 5-4-0 ERA, you definitely know things have gone wrong, right? But when you also take into consideration that he didn't allow a run in March, April, you know, you can call it March and April. I'm not going to beat you up over it. Um, that means that since then, he's got an 8-4-4 ERA. He's allowed 20 earned runs in 21 and a third innings, 27 hits, opposing batters, have hit seven home runs in that span and have an OPS of 1,094. So I'm, I'm going to give Jorge Lopez a D plus just because I cannot, I can't just ignore how good he was in the first month of the season. But at the same time, you can't just hand wave that he's been an absolute disaster since. Um, certainly things off the field going on there, which I don't want to be, reflective of his grade or indicated in his grade, but he just hasn't been very good. So I'm hopeful he can bounce back right now. It's not looking all that promising in the short term, but you know, we'll see what happens. Next up is Jawan Duran. And if you want an indication of how weird things have been in the twins bullpen, Lopez has thrown 33 and a third innings. Duran has thrown 38 and a third. So five innings 
separates the two, and that includes Lopez spending time on the injured list. So um, Twins have been protective of Duran for better, for worse. I would say for better just because um, a healthy, fresh Duran is better than a gassed or hurt Duran. So um, it's really hard to give Duran anything other than an A. He's been pumping the heck out of the ball, um, doing everything you could ask out of a guy who's been, I think, used more as a traditional closer uh, this year than last, but, um, you know, been absolutely incredible, picking up pretty much right where he left off last year with a 186 ERA. Only real gripe I have is the walks are up a little bit, but in general, Duran's been absolutely incredible. Opposing batters hitting just a buck 83 off him with a 583 OPS. Um, especially you don't want to be lefties against him. That's a 503 OPS and he's faced as many righties, 79 plate appearances, as lefties, 75. So he is absolutely dominating lefties, which is good to see from a guy on the right side, especially now that the lefty one-out relievers don't really exist anymore. Um, Griffin Jacks next up, A-minus for me. Uh, really, results-wise, it'd probably be pretty close to an A. The only real issue I have is the hiccup he had on kind of the – the month of, I'd say a month of May, parts of the month of May, but then he turned it right back on and has been absolutely incredible. So um, slight hiccup that was not entirely his fault, had a lot of bloops, a lot of bleeders, a lot of bad luck on the field, but has otherwise been incredible. Quite a revelation on the back of the bullpen over the last couple years for the Twins to build that bridge to Duran. So nothing but good things to say about Griffin Jacks. Uh, Giovanni Moran is up next. I gave him a B. So I still don't know how much I trust Moran. And the biggest issue for me is, so the strikeouts are there. He's not giving up homers, not giving up hits, but he's walked 22 batters in 39 and two thirds innings. I just, I need to see a little more command before I can get really charged up about him. 4-3-1 ERA, 3-6-1 FIP, 1-3-4 uh, WHIP. So a lot of those peripherals kind of butt heads with each other in the sense that you're like, oh, cool, low FIP, lots of strikeouts, too many walks. Uh, you know, it's it's all a matter of the stuff is great, can he harness it? And at times he has looked really, really good. And at times it's been like, uh, you know, this guy, he's going to – move back into that second lefty role when Thielbar comes back and could be an up-down guy if the Twins need roster space. So kind of a mixed bag with Moran. I'll say it again. I gave him a B, but in general, he's been more good than bad. Emilio Pagan, lightning rod, even still to this day, if you're to look on Twitter when he comes in, pitched a big spot in Friday's game. And actually, the concern meter for me was pretty high when he issued a walk. And then Luis Robert was up as the tying run in a 7-4 game. It almost felt scripted that Robert, who has been on an incredible run, he's having a really nice year, would have hit a three-run homer to tie it. And I think last year against Pagan, that probably would have happened. But this year, Pagan has a 3-4 ERA, 1.09 whip, almost a strikeout per inning. The walks are eh, they're, they're not really where he's been at his best, but not in all that problematic at 3.0 per nine. But the home runs... 0.6 per nine is a huge, huge improvement for Pagan over pretty much every year of his career. 171, 
last year with the Twins, 1.62 for his career. He seems to have turned the page. Now, is that sustainable for a full season? We don't know. The last fairly good season he had as a reliever was 2019 with Tampa Bay. And even in that season, he had 1.54 homers per nine. So it's not impossible for him to give up homers and still have a decent season. But at the same time, too, um, he doesn't he doesn't deserve to have all the ire he gets when he comes into games. Now, the fact that I gave him a B plus is because, um, you know, the the game on 420 in Boston was pretty bad. And then he had another meltdown a little later. He's had some spots where it's looked pretty bad. Minim, he's minimized them. He's done a great job. But enough to where I, I can't quite give him an A minus because they're just finally now kind of shoehorning him back into those leverage spots, for better or worse. And if you ask fans, it's worse. But um, I, I got to give him a B plus. I think he's done a nice job. I think he's come around quite nicely um, in the role that the Twins have thrown him into. And then our final one here before we head down the home stretch with the big inning guys in the third segment as we bring it down the home stretch, seventh inning stretch, Kenta Maeda. If you look at his season numbers, he's sub, sub-zero war, according to baseball reference. Uh, Fangraphs has him at 0.9, so about a one war difference. Striking people out, keeping people in the yard, walking nobody. Fangraph says he has a 388x ERA, a 331 FIP, but a 510 ERA. So a lot of what we're seeing is indicative of a difference between when he was out the first time and since he's returned. He missed almost two months, and the last game was against the Yankees. He gave up 10, excuse me, I almost can't believe my own eyes, 10 earned runs on 11 hits in a loss. Goes on the IL, comes back, and has um, he's at a 2.73 ERA, 36 strikeouts in 26 in the third innings, 5.72 OPS against, nine walks. I mean, he's done everything you can ask of him with a 16 point, uh, 16% swinging strike rate. So it's not only been called third strikes, it's not only been smoke and mirrors. He is doing a tremendous job of getting swings and misses despite not being overpowering. He's got 14 swings and misses over each of his last four starts. Generally speaking, we think of like eh, 10 swinging strikes and 100 pitches as being decent. He has not thrown more than 87 in any start this season. So the swinging strike rate is strong. It's just a matter of can they keep him upright? Can they keep him doing his thing? But so far, the results are actually fairly decent despite Bite the 510 ERA. So we gave Kenta a B minus. Okay. Now we come down the seventh inning stretch. Twins have the White Sox at Target Field on Saturday, weather permitting. As we're recording, the rain is coming down, but we're a little ways out from Target Field. Saturday, though, 615 first pitch. It's going to be Sonny Gray and Dylan Cease. Should be a good one between each of the teams arguably best starters, but you can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Also, thanks for making us your first listen every day. If you're an everyday or check back Monday for a full recap of the White Sox series, and we'll get you prepared for the rest of the homestand. Now, with that said, seventh inning stretch time, we are into the final five. 
the five pitchers on the Twins this year with the most innings pitched in reverse order, meaning Louis Varland, you are up. Louis Varland in St. Paul. Um, numbers not super great there with the Twins 5-3-0 ERA backed up by a 5-5-1 FIP. So biggest issue with him, and it's going to be the biggest issue with him no matter what, uh, 14 homers allowed in 56 innings. That comes out to 2.3 per nine. Um, generally, league average is about 1.3, depending on the run environment. I think it was as high as 1.4 in 2019 when the ball was going everywhere. And for context, the Twins are at 1.1 homers per nine as a team. So definitely very inflated. Um, you know, Varland did have some really strong starts, but in general, the the overall picture is is definitely questionable. I gave him a C minus. I think, you know, it's possible I was a little too easy on him there because a five ten or sorry a five three zero ERA is uh, more than just a little questionable. But I still think, you know, he he strikes people out. He doesn't walk anybody. If he can, you know, develop something just to keep guys in the park, even slightly above league average. You know, if you can get him to. I'm trying to think of who's level. Even like Jordan Balazovic at 1.5 homers per nine is a lot more manageable. You know, honestly, like a more 1.0, 1.2. But at 2.3, he's going to be borderline unplayable. So we'll see where he goes from here. If he can limit the homers, there's obviously potential for more. But for now, a C minus. Now we've got Bailey Ober. And if there was a player development success story for the twins in this regime it's bailey ober he got an a no surprise there 2.1 fangraphs war to this point through 88 and two-thirds he's coming up on some innings thresholds so we'll see how the twins manage him but to this point he's been incredible and, and speaking of guys who need to or have sliced their home run rate ober's allowing less than a homer per nine innings so um no, no ground balls. So his BABIP is 261. So we generally think of an, uh, a league average BABIP in like the 280 to 320 range. With Ober and fly balls, if he can keep them in the yard, the BABIP is going to stay low because fly balls, especially lazy fly balls, are by definition just going to be caught. So there's nothing in Ober's numbers that really troubles me. Uh, you know, I don't know that he can sustain a sub three ERA as he has, uh, 274 to this point, but it's all uh, still very, very promising through 15 starts for Ober and still amazing that he didn't make this team out of spring training. Now, again, circumstances dictate certain things. Kenta Maeda coming back, Tyler Malley um, in that open day rotation, then getting hurt, all that sort of thing. But really, really hard to be anything other than absolutely floored by how good Bailey Ober has been. Then we have Sonny Gray, who I also have to give an A to. Um, makes the all-star team, leads the team in Fangraphs war at 2.9, despite having thrown about 15 innings fewer than Pablo Lopez and about 13 fewer than Joe Ryan. So, um, you know, in a different year, a different timeline, or even just based on how he pitched early in the season, Gray would have probably gotten more steam for Cy Young consideration. Certainly not top of the billing, but uh, doing a nice job nonetheless. The best thing with Sonny for me is he's kept people in the yard. I mean, in 105 and a third innings, he's allowed what comes out to 0.26 homers per nine innings. Um, 
which is incredible. It's way lower than anybody else on the team. And it comes out to um, three in 105 innings. And for the first, I think, 50 innings, that number was zero. So um, just an incredible job by Sonny to keep opponents in the yard. Very easy A here. Um, keeping the ball on the ground a little more than the other guys. You know, the Twins have a lot of fly ball guys just based on their construction as is. But I had to give Sonny an A, no question about it. So we're down to the final two, though. For Joe Ryan, I went A-. minus, And the, the primary thing that troubles me with Joe Ryan is the homers. He's up to 1.4 per nine, and that's really ramped up of late. In general, though, I mean, he's having a phenomenal season. I think the Twins should really, really look to get him locked up, you know, four or five, some kind of six-year deal options if you want whatever he would be amenable to, but he needs to be a building block in this rotation with the next guy we'll talk about. And um, so I think we need to see Joe Ryan in this rotation for years to come. And hopefully the twins are planning on doing something to make that a thing, but I gave him an A minus. And so we move on to Pablo Lopez, who also gets an A minus. And that means your top four starters are Lopez, A minus, Ryan, A minus, Sonny Gray, A, Bailey Ober, A. Now, that is the sort of thing <laughs> that will happen when your starting pitchers have combined for 11.2 Fangraphs War, the most in baseball. Philadelphia is at 10.7, and nobody else is above 10. An 11.2 Fangraphs War. Absolutely incredible. Twins coming up on 100 games, so if you prorate that out, it's not unreasonable to think, I don't know, 17 Based on just some real simple math, if we look back at the Twins last year, well, first of all, the MLB leader last year was Houston with 19.4. They're not going to catch that. But last year, the Twins were 21st at 8.2. They have already well surpassed 8.2 by three wins with 60 games to go, 60-plus games to go. So um, back to Lopez, though. Lopez, the strikeouts are there. The you know, it's, it's been shaky results-wise, but he's 12th in Fangraph's war at 2.7. Gray is 9th. Like, what's, what's absolutely stunning is you think about how bad this starting staff has been the last few years. And so you got Sonny Gray, 9th among all pitchers. You've got Pablo Lopez, 12th. you got Joe Ryan, 18th. Bailey Ober, 29th. So if you wanted your definition of, a, I mean, a number one starter, you could go 30 deep, technically, 30 teams and their number one starters. The Twins have four starters in the top 30 in Fangraph's war. And you know what? Actually, this is interesting. There's actually um, one reliever. So it'd be four in the top 28 because Felix Bautista of the Orioles is having an insanely good year. Um 26 saves, 43 games, but no starts. So we can't consider him as a starter in our comparison here. But um, just an incredible run of pitching for the Twins. So again, in the the starter group, we have Louis Varland with a C-, minus, Bailey Ober with an A, Sonny Gray with an A, Joe Ryan with an A-, minus, and Pablo Lopez with an A- minus as well. Now with that said, that's a wrap of this edition of Locked on Twins. Thanks for hanging out. Look forward to talking to you on Monday. We'll talk about, hopefully a White Sox series sweep, but we'll take two or three. A couple of tough pitching matchups come up. 
Dylan Cease on Saturday, Lucas Giolito on Sunday. We'll see what the Twins can do offensively. But again, thanks for making us your first listen every day. We'll catch you on the flip side with that White Sox post-mortem. You can subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on or watching. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe on YouTube, hang out in the comments section, and send me questions. Otherwise, this is Brandon Warren signing off, saying thank you so much for hanging out and have a freaking weekend.